Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C H E F R A N J O H N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. All right. So for those of you all who are um, new to the call, I am Coach Chelsea. I'm down here in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, And this started crazy. This week made month number six that we've hosted the Servant Leader Coaches and Leaders Bible Study. It's been amazing. Um, And even so much now that, you know, by trade, I am an educator, so I'm back at work. Um, But to sit in anticipation for the 1 p.m. Eastern hour is something that, you know, I wait for and look forward to, to just hear from different leaders and coaches from Um, all over the nation. Honestly, we've had many people from different walks of life. And I'm so excited to have Coach Kelvin Long um, on today, head coach of uh, North Greenville Women's Basketball. It's funny, uh, Coach and I I reached out on a more professional level um, some months back and just paying attention to the things that people do. We're in a, a, a state right now where we can't reach out and touch, but we can watch people not only talk the talk, but walk what they talk. And that's what God steers me to when I'm looking for speakers and individuals to come on and just empower us for that hour in the middle of the week. So coach, I'm so just grateful for you. Uh, The biggest blessing that people can render you is their time because that's not something that you can get back. So I just thank you so much for being open and willing to chat with us today and just kind of give us some encouragement and just kind of tell us what servant leadership looks like for you. So I'm gonna go ahead and pass the torch to you. I'm excited just to hear from you. And, you know, it's a very laid back group. We're just excited to learn from you today. Chelsea, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm trying to get my background and stuff uh, worked out. You but, sound uh, like me. Mine never hits right when I Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm super thankful um, that the Lord laid on your heart uh, to connect us so that we could talk uh, and share on today. I'm super excited. Um, I won't spend too much time uh, talking about myself, uh, but I just wanted to let you guys know, Kelvin Long Jr., um, head women's basketball coach, North Greenville. Um, so I'll just talk real briefly about my journey. So started as a graduate assistant at East Tennessee State University. That was my first job ever uh, in college basketball. Um, worked my way up from a graduate assistant to an assistant coach within a year. Um, and I stayed at East Tennessee State for five years. Uh, then I moved to Kennesaw State, which is Metro Atlanta. Uh, I was there uh, for a season, uh, and then I went to Charleston Southern, which is in Charleston, South Carolina, was there for two seasons. Then I just went right down the road, right across town uh, to the College of Charleston, was there for three years, and now I'm at North Greenville, my first head coaching job, finished um, my first season as a head coach last season and going into year two. So I'm super excited, um, super excited, but uh, what I want to kick kick this call off talking about uh, is, is servant leadership. Uh, and when you think about servant leadership, 
Uh, obviously, the first word you think about it is serving. Uh, and Jesus tells us uh, in Matthew, uh, to be great, you got to serve. You know, and I think all of us uh, in our spheres of influence and where we are with our teams and uh, the places that we're at, the schools that we're at, or, you know, what, whatever you're doing, uh, you, you want to be great at it. You want to be really good at it. Uh, and to get there, you got to serve. Um, so that's, that's kind of the first thing. And I think, um, as, as coaches, as people who deal with young people or young adults, uh, you know, they, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of needs. They have a lot of things that they deal with, uh, and, and God has placed us in a position, a powerful and influential place to really serve and to help them grow and to, to shape them and to, uh, guide them in the right direction. So, when you talk about serving leadership, you talk about serving uh, first, but then when you look a little bit deeper um, about serving, of course, Christ is the, the greatest model of uh, being a servant. Uh, and, and as believers, um, you know, I think we're called to, he models it, we mimic it. Uh, and I'll say that again, he models it and then we mimic it. So when you're thinking about looking at the, the greatest server um, who's ever lived and who's ever walked the face of this earth. The, the first thing I think about uh, is the towel. And so when I say the towel, Jesus used a towel to wash the feet of his disciples. That's probably the most powerful image, um, you know, outside of uh, being crucified and then raised three days later. But that could be the, the most powerful example of serving is Jesus using that towel. Uh, so for us in, in, in leadership and in uh, the coaching realm, uh, that towel could look very different for all of us, depending on what sport you coach, uh, where you work at, who you work with, you know, X, Y, and Z. But that towel is, uh, is a multidimensional tool uh, that you use to help your, your student athletes, the people that you lead, your, your staff, uh, even managing up. You just you're putting those people in the right positions for them to be successful. Um, so those are the two things that I really, that really kind of stick out to me when you talk about servant leadership and, and serving and leading and uh, you know, coach Chelsea, you know, as, as a head coach and uh, you know, there are some other leaders on here, some pastors and um, some other people that are on this call, you know, that's kind of what our job is. Yes. We're, we're there to lead and to, uh, to mold into God, but to do that with our staffs and the people that we lead, just putting them in the best position. You know, I tell our players all the time, my biggest job is to get the right people on the bus and the right people off the bus and then get them in the right seats when they're on the bus. So that's really the biggest thing, uh, you know, putting people in position to be successful and to be the best versions of themselves. And, and that's what Christ uh, does for us. Um, you know, it may not be uh, what we think that we want, but he puts us in different scenarios and he, uh, he brings different things in, in our past. And it's just to develop us. It's just to get us to that next challenge, that next thing he has for us to do. Um, so, so those two things are what really, really, when I think about servant leadership, those are the kind of things that I try to think about, um, you know, as I lead our, our kids in our, in our program. 
Coach, I think that's so amazing. And I think many of us who are you know, chatting down here with each other, that is so huge. And Coach Stewart on here, he said, the towel is greater than the, t- than the title. And I love that, how he resounded that because it's so huge. And I talk about it all the time that we're blessed with these leadership roles that we receive. We're blessed to be able to have these positions. And sometimes leadership, it's so easy for us to forget that it's about serving. And when you mentioned that Christ is, you know, the greatest example, I, I like, I wrote this so big on my paper, you would think I don't know how to write, but when you said God models it and we are to mimic it, that is so huge. You know, that is so huge. And I'm glad you repeated that because if God can serve, why can't we? If God can serve, why can't we? We watch over and over in our organizations and within our team. And the greatest leaders that we find in terms of the coaching field and professional walks are those that don't mind cleaning up the gym after. Those that don't mind, there's something as simple as we talk about the towel, but water hits, you know, the gym floor. And we need a quick towel. Coach, give me a towel. I got it. Because at any point, whatever is serving for the greater good, I'm willing to do. So I thank you so much for saying that. You know, in watching what you do and understanding your path to get to North Greenville, these are, you know, some very, they say, unprecedented time, a time we haven't seen. Many of those young folks haven't seen in their lifetime. What are some of the things that you are doing to try to keep your young ladies focused on the goal at hand, um, you know, keeping a conversation and you know open line of communication with them in these times that are are different and much like their age bracket they've never seen anything like it before sure sure so the big thing for me um i'm a relationship coach uh, like i said I, i'm a man i'm in flesh so i don't do everything correctly uh but jesus is a is a great model and he's he's a relationship and i think that's the reason for him to come to bridge the gap between man and God the Father is relationship. So I try to model um, all the things that I do with relationship. And we have four core values. And that's the first, that's the head of our four core values is relationships. So I'm really big on relationships. So during the pandemic, when we were out of school over the summer, um, I would at least call or FaceTime our kids at least once a week. Now we would text throughout the week, but I made sure um, that I would call or FaceTime uh, each individual player at least once a week. And I, my first question is, how are you doing? How are you doing? How's your mental health? Um, what, what can I do for you? Uh, so relationships are big for me. Uh, and then what I thought was really uh, every, th- this whole phenomenon of, of Zoom, which we're on right now, that's kind of what we did. Uh, once a week, we would get on a Zoom call. Typically, it'd be Mondays. So we'd get on a Zoom call and really just Whatever the kids were doing, we'd talk about uh, what you're watching on Netflix. Um, and we definitely made sure everybody's watching The Last Dance when that was coming on. So we just try to do different things and try to have some icebreakers, some conversation pieces over Zoom. Uh, so those are some of the things that we did like during the pandemic. Um, but, I'm, but I'm a coach that uh, the first thing I did with our team last year when we got the job, I had everybody over to our house. Uh, so my wife and I, uh, we catered and we cooked food. Uh, we had games. We had we had music. We had different things going on. So I'm a I'm a big proponent of breaking bread because uh, I really feel like you can uh, have different kind of conversations, tough conversations, or even easygoing conversations 
over breaking bread now. Of course, that's different now with, with COVID hitting. Uh, so we're trying to pivot and, and be creative about different ways to still kind of do those things and keep each other engaged. But relationships are, are huge for me and for our program. So we're always just trying, we're checking in with our kids. Um, I have this text message um, that I actually got um, that talks about like mental health, because I know that's a big thing that's going on with this pandemic right now. So I'll send it to our players, um, you know, every few weeks or so, just kind of a check-in. Um, hey, is there anything that I can do? Is there anything that you just want to share? I'm a great listener. You know, whatever it is, talk, we'll listen. And if it's bigger than my job scope, then we can put you in touch with the right people to help you uh, with what you need help with, but um, just really just trying to keep our kids engaged, um, you know, talking to them about academics now that classes have started. So we're always trying to have many touch points with our kids, you know, daily and throughout the week, um, you know, just to keep them together and keep them engaged. I think that's so good. And, you know, it also comes in line. I know that probably wasn't even your intention, but it makes so much sense as, you know, you follow the model of God and, you know, at that last supper, breaking bread. And so that just falls aligned with that ser servant leadership for our athletes and for our employees or whatever leadership role we're in for them to see that we care about them outside of what they can do for us. I think that is the the strongest part about bonding your team and bonding your employees and those that you lead. You know, Coach, talking about faith and understanding that in our positions, um, there are going to be some roadblocks and there are going to be some valley moments, as I like to call them. Has your faith ever been tested? Um, and if so, is that something that you could render us or share with us um, along your uh, athletic and professional journey? Sure, sure. So, um, I want to share a time that I was having during my coaching journey. Um, I was at a particular school. Um, I had just gotten a job there, wanted to be really good at it, really wanted to kind of bolster the, the profile of the school. And from the moment that I stepped foot on campus, um, it just didn't, it just didn't feel right. Um, it didn't feel right. Um, and one thing started happening after another uh, and it was just a, a really turbulent time just in my life uh, in general and just the larger scope of it's just a turbulent time in my life um, and what the Lord was doing during that time he was actually shaking me up um, I was really focused on the, the job part of it the recruiting part of it the getting better uh, and there were some things that the Lord really wanted me to start to think about and you know in, in life the lord will get your attention if if you don't pay attention to what he's trying to say he'll he'll start taking some things away so that you can focus on what he's trying to tell you what he's trying to get across to you um luckily i started to to listen a little bit more so he didn't have to start to take things away but i started to remove myself from different things and um i was in a transition period where I walked away from a particular, uh, from a particular job uh, so that I could hear a little bit closer because there were some different things that were going on in my life that was very tough at the time. Uh, and what God was trying to do uh, with me, and this was back in 2013, the Lord was trying to tell me that I have a greater purpose for you. You think this basketball thing is kind of what you're supposed to be doing. This is only a tool and a platform 
for me to transition you to what I really want you to be doing going forward. So he really had to make some things tough on me. Um, he really had to start pulling me from some things and he started pulling some things away from me that, um, that I was either neglecting or not taking as serious as I needed to so he could get my attention because the, the calling on my life was greater than what I was operating in at that moment. Coach, that's so good. And, and I'm sitting here shaking my head. My, my mic was off as you were speaking, but I had that church well going on. And I'm telling you this because so often as coaches and leaders, we get caught up in our job titles and what they require us to do. That sometimes we forget who gave us that job title. Sometimes we forget that our coaching or our, the sport that we coach is our ministry. I remember, and I say this often, feeling so guilty. I sing in my church, and I used to always hear from my grandparents, baby, you got to work in the vineyard, right? And we know that when that schedule happens and the games and the practices and all that good stuff comes into play, sometimes it's hard for you to actually be in the church, in the building, right? But this pandemic has shown us that the church is within us. And the sooner that I learned that God had a greater calling on my life, that what we do is a ministry and that we just have to follow him, him and consult him, that became so much easier for me to bear. And I'm so thankful when you said what you said, because it's true. We can't get so caught up in what we feel our assignments are. God gives us these positions because he has a work to do in us. And he will get our attention if we won't pay attention. So I thank you so much for saying that. Staying along the course of what you just said and understanding that we have coaches and leaders from various different walks of life, um, various different experience levels. What would you say if a person, this, this question I get a lot, and so I try to give it to the coaches that I'm talking to and interviewing, what would you say to those young people um, in positions of leadership as they try to make decisions? How do they learn or what are your methods of consulting God and hearing from God and making these decisions so that we don't miss our assignment? I think you have to be really intentional uh, about seeking the Lord and, and really listening taking some time to just listen. And I think, and I tell my wife this all the time. Um, I think that listening is very underrated today. I think everybody is so ready to respond. I think everybody listens to respond and people are ready to talk, but nobody is ready to listen. And when I say listen, not just hear what they're saying, but hearing, um, hearing the heart. Um, so if you take the time, like God is, he's very bad at, um, hide and seek. He doesn't play that well. Cause if, if you're looking for him, you're going to find him. Right. And if you're listening for his voice, you're going to find, you're going to find his voice. Um, so I think just being intentional about um, listening, uh, listening to the voice of the Lord and then getting that direction, just kind of stewing in it for a second, uh, gaining some clarity. And then if you've got that servant leadership heart, then you're gonna put you're gonna give the people that you're leading, whether it's your students or your staff, you're gonna give them direction, or you're gonna give them things that's gonna put them on the right path. You know, you're not gonna give them things that are gonna uh, be confusing because we know that God is not the author of confusion. You know that it's gonna it's gonna line up with um, it should line up with the word first and foremost, but it's gonna line up with what He's told you, and they should feel some kind of confirmation. Uh, you know, somewhere along that line, along that path, uh, after, after you've kind of disseminated that, 
um, you know, that information that you're trying to give them to, to put them on the right path. I think that's so awesome, Coach. Um, and, you know, I was sitting up here barely laughing. I don't think I've heard that. You know, we always hear people say that God can't fail and he can do anything. And I was like, where is he going with that? He said, God is bad at hide and seek because if you seek him, you will find him. And that's what the word says. If you seek me, you will find me. When you, when you seek me with your whole heart, you're going to find me. And so I love that. I really do, Coach. Um, you were dropping some major nuggets on us today. Um, as we move forward within this pandemic and understanding that different conferences are making the decisions that they feel are best for their conference, what is going to, going to be the new normal for or what is going on right now with North Greenville women's basketball? What does it look like right now for you all with the season, practice, and all that good So right now, um, fall sports have kind of been postponed and jumped to the spring. So now we're kind of in a, uh, a funky situation because we're considered winter. So we're in the, we play at the end of the fall and then uh, at the beginning of the spring semester. So right now we're up men's women's basketball um, is kind of the focus right now. So what I've done with our team is we've got seven new freshmen on our team. So half of our team is new. So we've got seven returners, seven freshmen. So what I wanted to do, to kind of ease their mind about different things. I wanted to take these first few weeks. Let's just concentrate on being student students. Let's, let's get off to a good start academically. Uh, and I'm really proud of our kids because in the spring semester, we had a 362 GPA. And for the entire 2019, 2020 academic year, we were over a 3.5. So academics um, is really important to our program. So I want our incoming kids to understand like, it's about being academically sound first. Um, so I wanted to take um, this time, the first couple of weeks, and just focus on academics. We're gonna focus on academics. We're gonna fo focus on getting to know one another. So what we've done, we've created, so our mascot is Crusader. So we've uh, created Crew Pals. So we've paired up a, a younger player with an older experienced player. And once a week, they're to share a meal, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, breaking bread with one another. So we're going to focus on academics. We're going to focus on getting to know one another. Um, and then as we get better communication from our conference on when we can start, uh, we can actually start doing some workouts and stuff in September. Uh, so then we're going to hit the ground running when it's time. But I really want us to take time to focus on chemistry, focus on being a, a student, focus on getting off to the right foot being in college because we, we know going from high school to college is a totally different level on many on many scopes so i really wanted them to take time to really kind of settle in get adjusted and then the basketball part you know it'll take care of itself when it's time i think that's so amazing and you know i agree with coach paul he's commenting down here as we speak is student athletes student always comes first um, and I think, you know, in talking with a, a number of professionals and talking to, a, you know, Happy Poindexter a few weeks ago, and she was just talking about the identity that we assume as athletes. I'm a former athlete. Many of us that coach are of some form of fashion. And when we place all our eggs in one basket, um, when we identify ourselves with that sport that we play or that talent that we assume it comes to an end of, a, of the road, rather it be because of it's just our time, uh, injury, whatever the case may be. 
And when that happens, we suffer an, an identity crisis. So as leaders, I always preach about the fact that the ball will stop bouncing. And when I hear coaches doing that, when I pay attention to coaches doing that, it just makes my heart smile over and over again because that identity crisis of an ex-athlete or a former athlete is real. Um, and that leads me to something I saw from you um, in your camp a while ago. You had um, uh, Miss Gray on to speak with your athletes. Um, about that separation and how, how to be successful. Can you kind of talk to us about, A, what that meant for your young ladies and just kind of talk to us as coaches about how it is our duty as a servant leader and a coach, how it is our duty to ensure that our young ladies or whoever we lead are bettering ourselves for their next. Sure, sure. So um, my biggest thing is um, – of course, we're putting them in the right positions to be successful. We know that um, your sport is going to end. Some of them, after their four years, they're not going to play. They're not going to go on and play professionally. So my whole thing is I want to get our kids uh, equipped and ready to be transformational leaders uh, and be great citizens when they leave my care, when they leave the care of this program. So I really focus on we do a really I think we do a really good job of being intentional about uh, exposing our kids to different things that's going to help them be a better person. Now we're going to take the time and do what we need to do skill wise and do that kind of thing for our basketball. But in terms of their person, um, we really take it, uh, you know, to a level where we want to expose them to different things. So this, during the pandemic, we had, um, speakers talk to our kids, uh, leaders, people who have been successful in professional business, people who have been successful in their personal careers, uh, to come and talk and to pour into our kids. So we had Charlotte Smith, who's the head coach at Elon uh, Women's Basketball, but people don't know uh, that she's the greatest player to play uh, at North Carolina, game-winning shot in the national championship game in 1994, uh, played in the WNBA, did some different things. We had Trisha Cullop, who's the president of the WBCA, um, which governs all collegiate coaches. Um, we had Angel Gray, um, who's a sideline reporter for the Cleveland Cavs and does some stuff for the WNBA. Uh, what we did, um, we had Jeff Jansen, who, who's a leadership guru. We had him take our um, captains through a leadership session. So I'm so we've had mental health um, professionals come and talk to our people, financial literacy. So we're trying to, uh, while they're in, in our program, we're trying to expose them uh, to a lot of different things, things that are going to help them when they do get out of college, when they do graduate, um, to be successful, uh, learning how to manage your money, learning how to save, learning how to have um, interview skills uh, and, and, and do an etiquette dinner when you're going on uh, a nice interview or going to a white tablecloth event. You know, so we're, we're exposing and putting our uh, kids in a lot of different positions to help them. And when I got here, none of our kids had ever been to a white tablecloth dinner. They had never been to an etiquette dinner. So just bringing those kind of professionals in to teach them what fork you use. How do you place the napkin in your lap? How do you sit down? Not to have your phone present uh, when, when uh, at a meal. So looking at somebody in their eye, when having eye to eye contact when you're speaking to somebody, speaking with clarity, uh, speaking with confidence. So we're just really just trying to pour into our kids a lot of different things 
Um, because for, for some of them, we've got three, we got three seniors, um, and in eight, nine months, you know, the ball is going to be done bouncing and they're going to be onto their professional careers. We've got, um, three juniors, their time is going to be coming up pretty soon as well. Um, so we're just really just being intentional about, um, you know, putting those things in place for our kids. I think that's so amazing, Coach, and I commend you for that. And, you know, I'm just over here smiling and nodding my head because, you know, coaching young ladies is huge. And I actually have been blessed to be in a position to coach at the same place where I played. Um, and so we talk about actually having, you know, an investment in what we're doing. There should be an investment that we place in each one of those that we lead. And so paying attention to the time and attention that you are taking um, to not only, like you said, yeah, we have to focus on skill. We got to be good, you know, but at the same time, too, to focus on the whole person. And I commend that even down to the, you know, learning how etiquette. And that's something that you know, I personally teach my young ladies as well. That's important because if we're coaching some of those young ladies and they do go, you know, I played in a conference where you go to a conference banquet, um, the award programs. And, you know, if they've touched us, the rule of thumb that my mom has always told me in education and in leadership and dealing with young people, if they spend enough time with you and majority of the time they spend more time with us than they do their parents when they're in season or with you, you're in college setting. So they're with you. The parents have entrusted you with their children. If that is the case, it is up to us to make them better. And if in that time that they've been with us, they haven't learned those things as servant leaders, we really have to do better we're not doing that so I commend you on that and I appreciate that you know because I think that's so amazing absolutely um, and one of the things really quickly not to cut you off but one of the things in the recruiting process that I talked to uh, to the parents about is when they come to our program they're going to be better when we give them back to you than they were when you dropped them off and that's something that uh, you know is, is really gratifying to me um, that our kids even in a short period of time uh, which is probably the the biggest time that they're going to develop is in your care from 17, 18 to 21, 22 um, is really uh, growing them, putting them in different positions that they've never been in. And I, I, I talk to uh, my staff and I talk to colleagues all the time about a lot of times we have to make them do things or put them in situations that even their parents don't even put them in. Um, so stretching them, um, you know, stretching them obviously within reason and respect, but pulling their strings and and making them grow and helping them grow, um, I, I think that's so important uh, for this world because when you get out in this world, it's not a lot of people that's going to help you. You know, it could be a, it could be a really scary place, um, and I want them to really be equipped and be ready to handle different things that come their way. Now they're not going to be able to handle everything all the time. But for the most part, they're, they're ready to, to handle themselves when it's time to, to be an adult, when it's time to adult. I love all of that, Coach. And, you know, in talking about, you know, Coach G that's in here and he's listening, he said, took the words out of my mouth of what you said, not only with those recruits, but in life, you hit the nail on the head. And servant leadership, we should lead and everything that leaves us, that we touch, that we've dealt with, should be better once we've touched it than when we found it. And so I'm so thankful for that. And talking about recruiting process, and I, I hear you talk about your program's four core values, and you gave us one of them. I'd love to hear the other three. And in, in hearing those things, when you recruit, and I'm pretty sure those core values play a role, but when you recruit, 
how much does your personal and moral beliefs um, and what your program is aligned to, how does that play a role when you're recruiting young ladies? So I think that, um, I think that I'm at a very, very unique place because North Greenville is a small private Christian school. Um, so I talk to our staff. I talk to anybody who will listen about fit. Fit matters. Um, fit matters for wherever you are, and it really matters for here. Uh, and I've been a Division One assistant uh, my entire career, except for this experience. So my contacts and my network is pretty big, and I can recruit and bring in different players and different people in here. But are they gonna are they gonna stay here once it's time to go to chapel two times a week or three times a week when we have FCA chapel at the end of the month? Are they gonna want to go to church that much? And, and that's what it's gonna boil down to. So we have to really focus on getting the right fit for North Greenville, not only women's basketball program, but for the community. Uh, so three things we want to focus on. We want to focus on character, um, character, academics, and then the basketball part is a distant third. Uh, so I'm always in, in the recruiting process, I'm really spending a lot of time vetting uh, the people that we're recruiting. I'm super selective in who we're recruiting. We don't have this big, massive list um, because it's a unique place and not everybody is looking for a small private Christian setting and that's okay. Um, but we, we really want people who want to be here. So character is something that we spend a ton of time on, really listening asking questions, really listening for buzzwords or things that they say that might identify if they're a good fit or not. Uh, and then academically, we are a private school. So the curriculum is going to be a little bit tougher. It's going to be a little bit more intensive. So we, we, we try to find and identify uh, student athletes who can do the work. It's not fair to bring student athletes in a situation where it could be potentially over their head a little bit. So we really try to spend a lot of time just talking to different people, not only the kid, not only the family, um, but coaches and uh, mentors and people who, who touch the um, student athletes on a daily basis in high school. So we really try to focus on the character and the academic part of it. Uh, and then, like I said, the basketball part um, is, is a distant third. You know, I feel pretty comfortable uh, in who I am as a basketball coach that, you know, we can work around different things and, um, you know, we can, uh, put them in the right places, but we really try to focus on, uh, you know, that character piece and being at North Greenville. And um, if you don't already have those things on the inside, it, it's not going to go well for you here. I get that, Coach. Um, and, and I'm glad that you actually answered that within this question, because that was going to be one of my next questions. I was not sure if North Greenville actually was a Christian institution. So, I thank you for that. I actually um, attended Livingstone College in Salisbury, North Carolina, not too far from Greenville. And um, Livingstone College is actually an AME Zion institution. And so I always grew up churchy, right? So it didn't bother me. I was used to it. Granted, the denomination changed, but, you know, God is God. And so it actually yeah. was great for me because I was actually talking to a coach that's on here just about the fact that I was always taught I had an old soul, you know, and I was never ashamed of it. I just felt like there weren't many of my peers that I could speak to, communicate in that space that was comfortable with that. So when I got to college, 
and it was a Christian, Christian institution and we were doing chapel, we were doing those Wednesday services. When I'm watching young people actually lead and do you know, the devotion or do the speaker of the hour, it was amazing to me to watch that. But you're so right because I did have teammates that maybe was like, mm, this is not my fit and they were great players. But when I see it from a coaching standpoint now, they were great players, but was this really the fit for them to be successful? So I'm so thankful that you keep all of that in mind because it is so easy. When we look at those talented kids, it is easy to think, oh my gosh, I want them on my squad, but it has to be the proper proper fit. And then that reduces those names in the transfer portal. It has to be the proper fit from our end um, because that's a part of our our jobs as servant leaders to make sure that they're okay and that they're going to basically flourish in this place that we lead. And so, you know, so I've said a couple of things. No, go so ahead, coach. Go ahead. Back off of that really quickly. So I don't care if they're a believer or a non-believer when we get them or when we come across them. I don't really care um, because if you're a non-believer to start, that's a great opportunity for us to share our faith, um, to share the gospel with them. And if you already are a believer coming in, it's a great way for us to help you to grow your faith and grow um, in the things of God. So I think it's a great opportunity. So I'm, I'm, I'm not one of these coaches that um, I'm just, I'm at all Christian schools, Christian high schools, trying to recruit Christian, Christian, Christian. I mean, I don't care where, the, where they come from. Um, I just think it's a great opportunity for us and for our staff to really uh, be open. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to be at a campus where it is Christian, where you can share the gospel uh, and, and you can do it freely. You can do it openly, um, doing devotions, uh, asking for prayer requests. You know, I think those things are super important and to see certain kids. So we had a kid on our team last year who graduated, um, but believed in God, but wasn't super strong in their faith. And uh, just over the course of the year, just them coming and asking questions, um, asking to read, asking to pray, just different things. So I saw a, a big, huge jump from where they were when we first got them to where they are now. And they actually um, texted me the other day and asked me for, uh, asked me, could I write them a letter of recommendation, you know, for a job that they're, that they're going to um, go for. And it's actually a coaching job. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was awesome. Um, you know, that our small conversations led to kind of where they are now. And now they want to get into coaching and, and try to replicate some of the same things that we've been doing here. I think that's huge. And so often, and I always um, quote uh, Coach Johnson, Sherrard Johnson, assistant coach at St. Augustine's University. Um, he was on a couple of months ago and he, he said it best. He said, you know, I was coaching. I was doing all these outreach things. I was, I was thinking I was doing it the right way. He said, and it wasn't until a person, you know, more wisdom came and said, well, baby, uh, it was a great God idea. But at the end of the day, who did you bring to Christ or share about that? And so I love how you hit on that. You know, most people feel that when you're at a Christian institution, you're just going to only go to Christian high schools to recruit. And no, that's not the case. And I think that that's something that we have to transfer in servant leadership as well, that just because we're believers, we can't, A, make people that may not understand or aren't strong in their faith feel some type of way. It's our job to continue to just walk the walk. And just like that young lady that you spoke to years later, 
her, her relationship grew and she felt more comfortable to be able to ask those questions, give prayer requests and look at her now. So I think that's so amazing, Coach. I, I really appreciate that um, because that's something that we all need to be able to follow in what we do. Um, of course, you and I have been chatting back and forth. And if you are new uh, to this platform and it's called, please know that we are all family here. I'm going to go ahead and open it up as a Q&A. Any questions or comments or anything that you would have for Coach, you can just unmute yourself and do that. Uh, those that know me know I can let them rip. So I'm going to take a step back just to give you all a moment to kind of share, say anything that you would like to Coach. Coach, thanks uh, for this message today. And what jumped out, several things jumped out at me. One was just the whole idea of, of coaching as a ministry. And you live, again, I think, just about everybody who comes on this lives, you know, you live, you live, your life is your message and it's a great message for us to remember. And I liked what you talked about relationships. I think sometimes as, as coaches, we get competitive and we want to win and we forget um, that there's these young people are entrusted to us. Um, and just a, a couple of questions that you threw out of, of just asking them every day, how are you doing? And what do you need? And, and what, you know, how can I help those simple things? And I think you've got a great idea. We've got a great idea for a, for a, a fundraiser here for something. It's, it's the whole idea of a towel. What's your towel? I mean, you, you could, again, you could run with that and you could, you know, that's, that's a great, you know, I, I think from now on when I, if I use a towel, when I, you know, I use a towel to wipe my hands after doing dishes, whatever it is, it's going to be, that's going to be reinforced with me about, oh, okay. And it's just that, that simple reminder of, you know, of serving. And I think the other thing that, that you, you mentioned, the whole idea of we mimic, and it got me to thinking not, you know, that, that um, but what, what are we mimicking? So it caused me to, to step back and, you know, our, if our life is our message at the end of the day, okay, what, what was my message as a follower of Christ today? And so I think, again, just, just great stuff. Um, and, and thank you. Thanks for uh, sharing that with us. Sure. No, no, I appreciate it. And, and kind of piggybacking off what you said, um, you know, for a lot of the kids that come into our program, uh, now, now some of them uh, do read scripture on their own and uh, they'll be a part of some different ministries on campus and do some Bible studies. But for the most part, um, your student athletes, they're looking at you. You're, you're the scripture for them. You're the scripture for them. And of course, I don't get it right all the time. I miss the mark all the time. Um, but I want them to see me being a great husband. You know, I have my wife around the program all the time. Um, I want, to, want them to see me to be a good dad because some of them don't come from uh, two-parent households. So I, I really try to be intentional about, like you said, what, what am I portraying? What am I communicating just through my actions, through my daily life? Uh, and, and yeah, I'm not going to get it all right all the time. Um, but I really, um, I, I really am intentional about, you know, what are my kids seeing when they interact with me? Is, is it somebody that's unpleasant? Can they come to me? Am I negative? Um, and I, and I want them to have a great experience and I want them to, uh, from my actions, be able to glean, uh, and, and get some information about, you know, how they should live their, live their lives going forward. Coach, uh, 
I guess you know me pretty well by now. Hey, what's going on, Pastor Mark? How are you? I've well, always compared, and I don't know if there's any other pastors on the line, but I've always compared uh, coaching and pastoring together because you're dealing with a group of people uh, as a team. Um, and so uh, we've been around each other. But I'm just kind of speaking from an outsider as far as coaching. Uh, I was wondering, as I look a lot of times at teams and coaching, um, how much does character and well-being how much more important is that than a title? We, we often see uh, immorality and bad character go overlooked because we want to win a title. Uh, how important is character and uh, what extent should we go as far as like uh, standards and discipline as far as uh, helping character versus trying to win a title? No, I think that's a great question. And we talk about it all the time. Um, so in our program, it's a player's first program, uh, and, and it's about them. It's about serving them. So we sit down and we actually talk about, uh, we talk about standards. We talk about core values. And then with those standards, we talk about standards of behavior. Um, so you can't say that you want to do this one thing and your behavior doesn't match what you're trying to move towards. So we to even compete for a championship or to even be in that conversation, there are some baseline things that you have to do. You have to be on time. You have to do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do. And we don't have a lot of rules, uh, quote unquote, in our program, but we do have the adult rule. Um, be where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be doing it. And I think that's all encompassing uh, for, our, for our program. Um, but we don't, we don't really talk about, um, this is going to sound crazy, but we don't really talk about winning um, as much in our program. Of course, we want to win, but I think winning is a byproduct of character and doing the right things. Um, so we focus more on those things because if you take care of those things, that'll take care of winning. I hope that I think that's amazing coach I, I, I really do and I think that was an awesome question um Pastor Mark truly um you know it's something that just kept and I finally found it I was like where is it where is it but it's something that I've always been taught um I hear the humility in your voice and in just in your actions of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and it just took me back to first Samuel two and three and it says I can tell those proud people stop your boasting Nothing is hidden from the Lord, and he judges what we do. And I love so much exactly what you do and what you, how you answered Pastor Mark and how you spoke for the past 45 minutes just on simply how you live your life. And not only how you live your life, but how you are serving those that you lead for them to be better and be better in, in not only just people, but to be better when they leave you, when you no longer, they're no longer under your leadership and that they're better people, they're better servant leaders. You know, um, Coach Stewart, he had to drop off. We talk about it all the time. Um, you know, I actually was doing a plan on how to be a better godmother. You know, I just try to increase my facets, every part of my life. And, you know, God just kind of told me that 
we focus so much on X's and O's. We focus so much on scouting reports. You know, we want to win exactly what you were just saying, but how often do we really take a look at every aspect of our lives, the coaching part, the teacher, the husband, the wife, the mom, the dad, you know, and I was looking at the godmother piece and it was so funny because it talked about bringing up the next gender generation. You know, we see godmother as just a name and, oh, you'll take care of my children if something ever happens to me. But the name bearer also came from years and years and centuries ago about how these women, these spiritual women, would help to bring the younger generation up. And if we, it's okay as servant leaders if we're doing our job in our time, but what are we going to do for the next generation? How do we bring them up so they may be ready when we, when we move on? All right? The only thing that we do know, we don't know the designated time, but we do know that we have an expiration date. And so when that expiration date comes, what have we done in order to be able to bring that next generation up? And so I think that is so amazing that what you said, standards of behavior. If we do this, this will happen. I'm not saying I don't want to win, but let me give you all the tools that at the end of the day, we're going to win if we do those things. So I appreciate that answer. Absolutely. Do we have anybody else? I don't want to leave anybody out. I think, I think another thing that we try to be intentional about is helping our kids think through. So, so they deal with a, a, a bunch of different things on a daily basis, especially with, with social media and the, the, their sphere of influence and the people who are around them. I think really what we're trying to focus on now is how to think through things uh, and not just make uh, a knee-jerk uh, decision or make a knee-jerk reaction, but how to critically think uh, through things. Um, and I'm sure you've heard the term all the time, it's chestnut checkers. So we're really trying to get our, get our student athletes, get our, get our people in our program to really think, like this is a thinking man's game out here. So think through things, take time to pause and kind of listen and take it all in and then respond and then move forward. So that's just kind of piggybacking off your last statement. Uh, you know, we really encourage like thinking and not groupthink. Uh, that's something we really want to discourage is groupthink, but really think, uh, you know, think for yourself and think about, you know, what's real and what's really important. I think that's amazing. Um, I think more than anything of course i am an educator by trade but when you encourage individuals to think for themselves like you said that's important you don't have to follow the flock let's not all be sheeps you know but i think you have to encourage that and a lot of times my players think i'm being funny or my students or even my nieces and nephews and they'll say why do you say that i'm like well what do you think well i know you know auntie I know. Well, I know, I know, but I want to know what you think. I want to know your process of thinking. And, and also speaking of something that you said, there's a young man um, in my comment box here. And uh, it's also part of what you said in terms of listening. He says, listen and silent utilizes the same letters. And the ear, sometimes it's important to be silent in order for God to order our steps. Silence is sometimes golden. And I think that's amazing. You know, I, I keep saying this, and I've said this multiple times on this platform, I'll never forget a friend of mine talked about what their pastor said to them. And he said, we pray, but do we pray for an answer? Do we pray in terms of communication or do we pray because it's pattern? When we say amen, do we wait? 
That's like me talking to you right now, Coach Long, and I say something, and you're ready to respond, and I get up and leave. When we pray to God, do we sit and meditate to try to hear from him? Many of us will say, well, I've never heard from him. And not saying that he hasn't spoken to certain people. Maybe he just hasn't. But have we taken a time to truly listen? And it takes that silence. It takes being in that space of meditation to be able to hear from him. And so I'm so thankful that you've highlighted that. Thank you, uh, Mr. Richardson, for actually that comment, because I think that's golden in leadership. We have to seek him. But in order to seek him, that's not enough to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And then we go on about our day. We have to truly be intentional about waiting for his response, paying attention and seeking his face, as you mentioned earlier, into this platform. So I appreciate you for that. Well, Coach, I think we're about time to wrap up. I want to personally take the time to thank you um, for just being here. Um, you know, I think a lot of times in sports um, and athletics and, and being in leaders, oftentimes people forget that we have other facets to us. Now, I think that's why this platform has been so amazing. Um, because, yeah, we get passionate about what we do. But at the end of the day, we're people, we're servant leaders just trying to do our part, trying to, you know, just advance the kingdom. And so I thank you so much for doing that this hour on this day. Uh, you're so humble. I love what you're doing with your program. Um, I follow you. And like I said, you know, you always give me some words of encouragement or a scripture that I definitely need to brush up on. And it always seems to match that moment in the day when I'm like, okay, God, help me because that flesh trying to outweigh. So I just thank you simply for what you do, because not only do you tweet, not only do you talk the talk, you walk the walk. So I'm gonna give you the opportunity to just say anything final that you want to say. Um, and then if you don't mind, if you could close us out with a prayer, I'd appreciate it. No, I just, uh, again, thank you for, for having me. Um, thank you for this time of sharing. Um, I just really want to uh, press upon the coaches um, on this call. Um, man, let, man, let God steer your thinking, steer your direction uh, in your various programs. Um, because he's not going to lead you down the wrong path. And it might not be the path that you thought it should look like or what it, what you have in your mind's eye, uh, but he truly, truly has a plan to, to purpose you uh, and not to harm you. Um, so we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all these amazing coaches and leaders, pastors, and uh, everyone on this call. Father, I pray that you would just touch them in their spheres of influence. I pray that you would uh, enlarge their territory. I pray that you would give them greater uh, influence uh, where they are. Father, I, I pray that um, that they would serve those that uh, you've charged them to lead. I pray that, uh, that we would just sit and listen to what it is that you have to say. And Father, I pray that after we've listened and we've gotten the action plan that we will uh, be quickly, uh, be quick to um, put the plan in place, um, that the rubber will meet the road. Um, Father, I pray that, um, that you would just empower us, uh, that you will continue to fill us. Um, we thank you that two or three are gathered, that you're in the midst. So we just thank you for being on this call. Uh, and Father, I pray that, um, that you would touch everybody over this academic school year and this sports season, um, help the student athletes, um, from any hurt, harm, or danger. Um, and Lord, that we will be, um, great listeners and communicators uh, for, for your cause and for your purpose. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Coach, thank you again so much. Uh, you have truly blessed me, and I know you've blessed all of us on today. If there's anything that we could ever do for you, 
just reach out and I look forward to seeing and hearing from you more. And thank, thank you guys, guys for listening. Have a great one. You too. Thank you.